Welcome to the Unfeigned Faith Bible Study, where we'll be doing a weekly Bible study, typically going through a book of the Bible together, and uh, this will go alongside our regular Unfeigned Faith podcast. Thank you for joining us on this journey. And we started yesterday a study in Colossians, and uh, we're just going to be going through the book of Colossians, just kind of highlighting some uh, some points. It's not going to be an exhaustive study, but uh, but if you have your Bibles there, why don't you get that out? And we'll be in Colossians 1. And uh, just real quick, yesterday we talked about, uh, in the introduction of Colossians, talked about who Paul was, and he's there with Timothy, and, uh, and uh, how he was rejoicing in hearing the testimony of this church, um, the church of Colossae, and, and, uh, and how they, you know, he had not met them personally, but he heard of them. And uh, they were known for, they, they had a reputation, if you would, of, uh, uh, of faith, um, of love for each other, and their hope uh, for, uh, for, for the future and the hope uh, that they found in the gospel. And uh, what a wonderful testimony for this church. So today, as we uh, will start in verse number 9, Colossians 1 in verse number 9, he uh, begins to talk about his prayer request for the church. And, uh, and by the way, a great uh, great point to look at for how we pray for each other. Many times we're praying for the outward and the externals as far as, uh, you know, health and, and other things. And, and I think we ought to pray for those things. But but he kind of draws a point that, that's very needful, I believe, in, uh, in, in churches today, that we uh, pray for one another in a, in a spiritual sense. And so, verse number 9, it says, For this cause also, uh, we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. His prayer and his desire for the church is that they would be filled with the knowledge of God's will. And uh, and by the way, what a what a great what a great prayer request. Uh, my desire for you all is that you'd be filled with the knowledge of his will. The word there, knowledge, is not just your typical. Um, oh, sorry. It's not just your your, your typical knowing something or, or to have a knowledge uh, of something in, in a general sense, but uh, uh, but the word there is is epignosis. Uh, uh, gnosis is where we usually get the word knowledge. Uh, epi is uh, is is a strengthened form of it. In other words, to to put an emphasis on it, which it literally would mean this upon knowledge. So something to build upon or a, a greater understanding of. And uh, so the emphasis is on the student's work to really to gain knowledge rather than the whole body of knowledge itself. So rather than saying, I want you to know the Bible, it's more of an emphasis on you coming to an understanding of what the Bible shares. So, so he says, I want you to have a knowledge of his will and, and uh, to be filled with it. And then he goes on uh, uh, with all wisdom and spiritual understanding. You know, it's e the easiest thing would be to come to uh, a knowledge of the Bible. You know, uh, many many of us uh, uh, are, are children and things. They know the Bible stories and things. That's the easiest one. Come to the knowledge of the Bible. It's a little bit harder to come to the knowledge of His will. A little bit harder. But the hardest is to come to that knowledge in wisdom and spiritual understanding. So it's not just okay. I know God's will, but I have an understanding of it uh, uh, in wisdom. What a great prayer! And this is this is something that I think we ought to be praying for one another to come to this point. Um, you know, much of the false teaching and the misdirected application of Scripture in the church today 
comes from a failure to know God's will in wisdom and in spiritual understanding. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a huge lack of it. So what happens is, is false teachers rise up. And a big, a big part of it is we don't, uh, many times Christians don't know where to look. How to, where do I find God's will? Where do I find these kinds of uh, uh, things? Now, when we talk about God's will, and I believe what he's explaining here, that you'd be filled with it, um, he's not talking, I don't believe, about those, uh, you know, the phrase we often use, what's God's will for my life? I don't think he's talking about that. I think he's talking about more of a broader sense. And so, so, so we ought not to, uh, uh, we're talking about God's will in totality. Uh, so be careful not to have our focus too small. Um, we do, uh, we do not know the knowledge of his will if we do not know the plan of God for the age. Um, this is a very important point. A part of knowing God's will is understanding God's plan. You see, here's how a lot of people go to the scriptures. They read themselves into it, into the passage. And uh, so you're reading along, you're reading about Abraham. What does that mean for me? You're reading about Isaac. Who, what does that mean for me? And, and if we're not careful, we come to wrong conclusions. So say, for example, Abraham was promised a son. And you're reading that and you say, you know what? I'm going to claim that for myself. And God has promised me a son. Uh, no, God promised Abraham a son. We need to be careful with that. But rather, uh, 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 that's, a big, that's a big problem, I believe, with Christianity today. We're always trying to read ourselves in. But rather, a, a proper Bible student is going to go to the Word of God and understand that book is not about you. That book is about God, about His plan, who He is, uh, and, and, and all that. And so, so we need to go to it and understand what is God's plan or what is God doing? What has he done? What is he doing now? What's he going to be doing? And when we start to have an understanding of that, then we can say, now, God, what do you want of me? And, and how do I then relate to that? You see, sometimes we get the focus backwards. We get it flipped. And so that's why I believe uh, dispensationalism is so important, which, which we'll get into that a little bit more deeper another time. But uh, what is God's will for me? What is God's plan for me? Is it, uh, is it that I stay up to date and current on uh, the sacrifices? Uh, is it that, you know, you say, well, no, that's a different dispensation. What is he doing today? What does he require of us in this age of grace, in the church age? And, uh, and so, so we got to be careful as we, as we talk about what's the will of God, what is his plan. We got to make sure that we're rightly dividing the word of truth and figure out where do I fit in in God's overall plan. Uh, that's where I'm going to find God's will for me. And so how do I come to the knowledge of that will? Uh, am I waiting for a dream? Am I waiting for someone to tell me, a, a prophet? Uh, no, we, we know his will from the word of God. Uh, we have to gain a knowledge of the Bible. So as he's praying that you be filled with the knowledge of his will, uh, that filling comes from filling yourself with scripture. It's not some supernatural thing. It's not some, uh, it's, it's, it's going to the word of God, putting in the work. Uh, you know, we call ourselves disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, a, a disciple, that's a disciplined one. We have to discipline ourselves to come to the word and to, and to, to find out, learn of God. Jesus made that invitation often. He said, he said, come learn of me, learn of me. Um, the fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. And so, so we have to get, come to the scriptures, come to the word of God, come to the Bible with a commitment to read the scripture literally 
with only following uh, uh, a couple of notions. Okay, so 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 we come to the Bible literally, um, you know, and, and that that's that's again another a big problem today. We come to the Bible allegorically, and uh, what does this mean for me? Or or you know, you hear many people say this. Well, that's your interpretation. I don't know. If you read the Bible literally, logically, the way you would normally read a document, you're going to come to uh, very precise conclusions. And so, so a couple of things when you come to the, the scriptures, uh, read it literally. Uh, secondly, the Bible is its own dictionary. Let the Bible define itself. Let the Bible um, uh, be the commentary on itself. Uh, also, words do not, do not have multiple meanings unless they are found, unless those meanings are found within the Bible itself. And in other words, you can't, you can't come to, well, the word kind of means this instead of this. No, it always means this every time it shows up. And, and uh, be careful with that. And then uh, words mean what the author intended it to mean. They mean what the author, and, and of course God's the author in this situation, but it, it means what, they, what he intended it to mean. Uh, we don't change stuff. Have a stubborn refusal to skip over passages or to restate them in a different meaning, uh, with a different meaning. So here's what happens. We come to the Bible, and we tend to have this, this kind of framework. Here's the theological framework that I like. So we, we come across a verse that seems to go against that, that, that mindset. So what do we do? We'll either skip over it, or we restate it in a way that fits into what I'm saying. But as you read that passage, that's not at all what it is saying. And, uh, and so be careful with that. I've, I've been guilty of that in the past, and I had to go through and kind of you know, really nail down why am I having trouble with this verse? And, uh, uh, well, probably because it contradicted my theological preconceptions. And, uh, and I had to fix that. I had to correct it. And so, uh, so, so be careful with that. But uh, don't skip over things. Follow the Bible just logically, literally, as it says it there. Don't change words. Uh, uh, why don't we be make sure that we are Bible believers, not Bible correctors? <laughs> uh, here's what God meant to say. Here's what He should have read. Uh, let's just let's just take God at His word. Now, what is the result of knowing the will of God? Uh, as He prays that you'd be filled with the knowledge of His will, verse ten, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Walking worthy of the Lord. Now, what an awesome concept. He, it, once they're filled with knowledge, here's the prayer, uh, that you'd walk worthy of the Lord. This is a result of knowing His will. Uh, the result of this prayer, of, of being f the knowledge of His will, being filled with that, the result is, uh, is a knowledge, wisdom, understanding. Uh, these are things that He prayed for. And those who try to, uh, uh, here, here's the problem. Those who try to train a believer to walk worthy, by teaching do's and don'ts, you know, here's the list. Do this, 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 and this, and make sure you don't do this, this, and this. I think they're going about it all wrong. Because it is impossible to walk worthy when you have no clue about his will. It's impossible. Um, you know, uh, it, it's, it's kind of like this, you know, tell, tell, you know, tell my children, you know, uh, uh, go away until I'm happy with you, until I'm pleased with you. Well, Dad, when are you? When am I gonna? When are you gonna be pleased with me? Oh, you'll know when I'm pleased with you. There, there, there's been no instruction. There's been no, you know. And if we're not careful, that's how, that's kind of we, we we have to systematize it if we don't know God and say, well, if we do this, this, and this, and we're okay with God. If we don't do this, you know, and 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 what happens? It works. 
it all comes back to works. But rather, when we know him and we walk with him, it's not about a list. It's about uh, we understand the will of God. We understand who he is. We begin to walk worthy of him. So there are four evidences of, uh, uh, there's a fourfold evidence of walking worthy with the Lord. And we'll start in verse 10 again. As you walk worthy in the Lord, all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Uh, being fruitful in every good work. And so the first thing is that being fruitful, and, and this is not fruit um, that the, like a spiritual fruit, like uh, the fruit of the Spirit. It says, unto every good work. This, is, this lines up with what Titus says in Titus 3.14. It talks about these good works uh, uh, producing fruit. They're essential. Works are essential in this area of, of producing fruit. And so, so we want to be careful that if a person does not have a knowledge of his will, then their work, regardless of the effort put forth, is not going to be fruitful because it's against the purpose of God for the age. Uh, what is God's plan today? What is God's will? Again, you know, is it is it that I um, that I align myself and uh, and observe all of the sacrifices or the feasts of the Old Testament? Is it you know what what is the will of God? If I'm ignorant of God's plan for the age and and what God's will is. Um, for today, then, then what's going to happen is no matter how sincere I am, and no matter how um, my motives are, the 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 fruit's going to be wrong because uh, I was ignorant of the will of God. So that's why it's so important. We must be filled with the knowledge of God, so that we can be fruitful in every good work. And God, by the way, the more you know God, the more that that's what's going to flow out. And you're going to have that understanding. And then the second uh, evidence of the worthy walk is increasing, continually growing, in the knowledge of God. Sadly, this is not a priority in the church today. Uh, growing in the knowledge of God. Uh, that's that's the, next, uh, the next point there in, in uh, verse number 10. Increasing in the knowledge of God. It's not, it's not a priority in many, many circles today. Uh, the only way to know God is to know his word in which he is revealed. You're not going to know God. You're not going to know the will of God apart from the Word of God. That's where He tells us of Himself. That's where He has expressed Himself and uh, and given us, by the way, everything that we know about Him. It's in His Word. Many modern Christians would rather feel good about God than to have a knowledge of God, and that's why so many heretical Christian books come to the surface and become bestsellers. And I remember several years ago the book The Shack. They made a movie about, it. and uh, boy, full full, jam-packed with theological air, but people loved it because, boy, they felt good about God, and they felt good about these things, but uh, but completely missed the mark of who God is and expressing uh, God that way because uh, they weren't filled with the knowledge. They didn't, they didn't have an increase, a desire to increase their knowledge and to continue growing. Uh, the next, uh, next fruit is um, in verse number 11, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, and uh, and then it, and then it goes on um, unto all patience and joy and long suffering with joyfulness. So strengthened with his might. By the way, each of these things that are in participle form, ing uh, the uh, ing on the end, bringing forth fruit, growing, being strengthened. Uh, these it carries the idea. These are ongoing actions. It's not like okay, I did that. I'm I'm strengthened. I'm, I've grown, you know, and, um, uh, then we need, by the way, we need to be careful because we have not arrived in these areas. 
but uh, but these are ongoing actions that we are uh, for those who are desiring to walk worthy. We are strengthened according to His glorious power. Um, uh, um, the the. The, the, the power of his glory is really what that's saying, that, that because of his glory, there's a power there that strengthens us because our eyes are on him. Uh, the glory of God is our focus. And what happens? That strengthens us. It's God that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. This is the grace of God, the glory of God working in us. And then it says, unto all patience and long suffering. You see, this is the goal or, or the outcome of being strengthened. When I've been strengthened, there's got to be a positive, a beneficial result. I, I'm able to have a steadfastness to this strengthening with all patience and long suffering. And then I love this, with joyfulness. Joyfulness. There's a joy that is going to overflow as I'm doing this with patience, as I'm continuing steadfastly. Um, there's, a, there's a joy that overflows. And then the fourth evidence is this in uh, verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Giving thanks. Uh, it's the fourth uh, sign of a worthy walk. Uh, the previous three uh, are ongoing, you know, uh, just like rather the previous three, you know, ongoing actions in the participle form. Uh, we're continually doing these things. So the same thing with giving thanks. This ought to be just something that is just uh, uh, common, a normal thing for a believer that we are thankful people. Constantly, always giving thanks, coming to God with gratitude. And by the way, the gratitude to God is going to outflow to others. Why? Because God uses people in our lives. And so to show gratitude to him, we show them to others as well and, and back and forth. You know, when people are blessings to us, we show back to him and, and, and so forth. But giving thanks always. Um, uh, why are we thankful? Well, look what it says there. It says, uh, giving thanks unto the Father who hath made us meet to be partakers. Uh, the idea is this. Meet means fitting, uh, proper, uh, sufficient. Our sufficiency is in Christ. He's the one that completes us. He's the one that makes us complete in all that we are. So we're very thankful for that. He's made us meet for what? He's made us complete for what? To be partakers uh, carries the idea that, that, that to have a portion, uh, a portion of the inheritance. And in, in Matthew uh, 25, uh, uh, 34, he talks about uh, the, the, the inheritance, that the, the sheep separate from the goats, and they're going to be brought into their inheritance into the kingdom. All right, this, this, I believe, is the future kingdom. This is not a present uh, state, uh, this inheritance, but the, the future inheritance that we will have. Um, um, and so, uh, uh, that's going to start getting into some, uh, some things there, but, uh, um, verse number, uh, uh so, 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 so we see the, the fruit of these walking worthy, um, that, um, uh, uh be, we're fruitful under every good work. We're strengthened with might. Um, we, uh, or we've increased in knowledge We're strengthened with his might and we give thanks. And, uh, and by the way, that's the focus on this morning's lesson. Um, are we, are we having a worthy walk and are we praying for that worthy walk filled with the knowledge of God and the outflow is going to be, uh, this worthy walk of the, of producing good fruit, uh, with, with, by works. Um, being strengthened, uh, being going deeper and understanding who God is, and and, uh, and and on and on. Let me go ahead and read verse thirteen, and we might pick up there next uh, or tomorrow. Um, who delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us 
into the kingdom of his dear son. Um, I'll just I'll just touch on this real briefly. I'm not going to go into it uh, any deeper. Uh, but the word translated there it means really uh, uh, a new standing. It's uh, 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 a new standing. It really means to change your stand. And uh, what an awesome thing that we were children of darkness. We were uh, of the old. Uh, you know, as Jesus said to those Pharisees, "You have the father of the devil." And the lust of your father will you do. But, but he's translated us. He's brought us into a new standing that we are with him. Yeah, with that standing, he's delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us in the, into the kingdom of his dear son. I, I want to say this because a lot of people talk about we're building the kingdom. We're always talking about the kingdom as, uh, as a now thing. I believe the kingdom is future and it's going to impact the way we approach scripture. Okay. Uh, well, let, let's look at this. Um, uh, first of all, you know, uh, uh, by the way, Paul often talked about future blessings in the present tense. See that in Hebrews 12. And in Romans 8.30, it talks about that, that we are glorified. <laughs> Listen, I'm not glorified yet. Talking about the body. I'm not glorified yet. But he talked about it as though it is. And you see that. You see that in Ephesians and uh, in other places. Um, so has the inheritance been given? Uh, uh for example, in Matthew 24, talking about the second coming of Christ. Has he come yet? No. Has he established that his earthly kingdom? No. Uh, how about this? Are we yet delivered from the power of darkness, or can we succumb to the power? Uh, if death is a part of the power of darkness, as we see, uh, uh, are we free from its power? Jesus spoke that the power of darkness refers to death in Luke 22, uh, 53. And so death still takes place. As believers, we can still succumb to uh, uh, the power of darkness. So I do not believe the power of darkness is no more, right? And, um, and so if that has not yet taken place, then I don't believe the other part of that verse, um, uh, the kingdom of his dear son, has taken place yet either. The kingdom is yet to come, all right? And, uh, and in the meantime, we're preaching the gospel, we're sharing the gospel. In fact, if you go back, uh, for the, uh, those who are familiar with uh, the 70 weeks of Daniel, you'd understand that today we're in an undisclosed kind of, uh, it's been put on pause, we're in this, this undefined era uh, called the Age of Grace, the Church Age. And quite frankly, this is an era, Paul calls it the mystery, that we're in the mystery age, uh, the Church Age, that uh, the, the prophets really didn't talk about. Then this was not um, really mentioned. This was a new thing that God did through the Apostle Paul, being the apostles of the Gentiles, really setting up the, the scene for this age that we live in. But the kingdom age is coming. It is coming. And, uh, and we are translated into it. Praise the Lord. And so in the end, uh, we can only conclude that, uh, that the kingdom of his dear son uh, has not yet come um, because... We have not yet even been delivered from the power of darkness, and both of those are kind of in the present tense. And, uh, and so that's just a little bit of the Bible study aspect of, uh, of our talk today. Um, but, but as we kind of went through this, uh, let's be sure that we are praying for one another, uh, that we'd increase in knowledge of, the, uh, of God's will, that we'd be filled, rather, with the knowledge of His will. And from there, it will produce uh, a worthy walk that we will um, be faithful in, in, our, in our works and our labor towards the Lord because we know the will. And that we'd be increased in our knowledge of God. Keep coming back to it. Come back to the same source. I'm still growing. And, and we're continually increasing in our knowledge of God. 
and then was strengthened with his might uh, because, because according to his glorious power for patience, long suffering, and joy. And then we are giving thanks always uh, because, by the way, he's worthy of our thanks. And, uh, and, and so uh, I sure hope that's a blessing to you today. I sure appreciate you all. And uh, I'm looking forward to this journey as we go through the book of Colossians. And if you need anything, please reach out. I'd love to be a blessing to you. And until next time, uh, keep your head up, keep the faith, and, uh, and we'll see you next time.